This is the day that the Lord has made, and I will rejoice and be glad in it. We thank you for victory in Jesus. We thank you for our sisters sharing in song with us. We thank you for their encouragement for our hearts as we come tonight. We pause now to pray for those that are on our hearts and minds that uh, we present to you tonight, whatever their condition. Uh, We pray for our friend. They may be our friends. They may be loved ones, family. They may be someone we work with, a stranger, someone you've put on our heart tonight. As we begin tonight, we present them to you. We approach you. We come to you. And by faith, we ask that you would do what needs to be done in their lives that they might Trust the Lord Jesus Christ, believe in Him, follow Him, and uh, believe in the Lord and glorify Him with their lives. So Lord, for us also tonight, we ask the same. We ask that You'd forgive us of our sins, and we bring tonight all of our distractions and thoughts and burdens and, and uh, trials and troubles to this place tonight, and we present all of that to You. We seek to bring our thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ. We present them to you. We, we, you know what we're thinking. We admit what we're thinking. So we pray that it might all be brought to you and that as we submit our thoughts to you, you might calm our hearts <clears throat> and that you might give us focus so that we might understand your word clearly tonight. What a privilege it is, Lord, for us to study the word of God and for us to have the opportunity to understand it. First, to be able to read it and then for the Holy Spirit to in- to awaken us and to make us sensitive to the truths in your word. So we ask that tonight as we begin to look at Moses, the man of God who heard from you. May we learn from his example tonight in our own life as we seek to hear from you and to obey you and to worship and glorify you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, good evening. Good to see all of you tonight as we begin a new saga. We are uh, going to begin to talk about Moses. There are some outlines here. Those of you joining us, may the Lord bless you. We're glad that you're here. If you'd like to pick up a copy of the outline, you can do that. If you're a guest with us, I'm Pastor Mike. We're honored to have you. Wednesday nights are a special time. We spend a lot more time in detail looking at uh, various parts of God's Word. I don't know quite exactly. I'm Tonight is an introductory night, and so as, as you uh, come in with me tonight, we'll, we'll look at quite a number of passages tonight. We'll land finally in Numbers chapter 12. So Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers. You find your place there in Numbers chapter 12. You might want to put your finger there, but we will uh, spend some time in some other places. Uh, and, uh, but I want, to, I want to talk about Moses uh, I believe it's important for us to understand Moses, the man of God. Uh, Moses' words in Holy Scripture are ascribed uh, uh, more than any other single speaker or writer in the Word of God, except for the Lord Jesus. Astounding, astounding the words of Moses. Moses is uh, the author of the first five books of the Bible, sometimes called the Torah, Uh, The directions, God's directions, the Torah, the law of God. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. We'll talk some about the uh, uniquenesses of each of those books in our days ahead as we look at these things together. 
tonight we look in the book of Numbers. The book of Numbers gets its title uh, from the two uh, numberings of the children of Israel that occur over the 38 years in the wilderness. <clears throat> I remind you that Moses never left the wilderness. Moses was faithful to God and died in the wilderness and never experienced the promised land except a look from the mountain. So we are reminded of Moses, a man like us. He was not perfect, but he is in many ways a picture and a type of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, and we'll see some of those wonderful things about him. But more than that, what I seek to do in our time, there's lots of ways for us to talk about Moses, but I'm anxious to talk with all of you about something that's very important to all of us in our daily walk with God, and it's your prayer life. And so we'll be uh, looking at Moses in a very unique way. I hope you'll find it unique. Um, uh, as we look at how Moses, first of all, drew near to God, how Moses listened to God speak, how he then uh, heard what God say, had to say, and then he answered in prayer. That's a very different way than most of us have been taught to pray. So we'll learn that and we'll see some of the parallels. I'm going to bring some of them out tonight uh, about prayer as I want you to think about your prayer life. <clears throat> the longer you walk with God, the more you ought to cherish your prayer life. The longer you walk with God, <clears throat> the more value you ought to see in your prayer time because it's spending time with God. It's the most natural thing for a believer to pray. It's the most unnatural thing for an unbeliever to pray. So we'll look at that together, but let's get to it first of all and introduce ourselves to Moses. Uh, the words of Moses in these first five books are uh, the Torah, are foundational words for all of God's Word to us. Many, many things, uh, most of the rest of the Old Testament in very real sense is either commentary, reaction, or practice, or lack of obedience to <clears throat> the Word of God given to Moses. So there is a special holiness in it, and uh, there is a special uh, importance to it. In fact, Moses' song is connected with the song of the Lamb of the Lord Jesus Christ in Revelation 15. Uh, only Moses' song is connected to the song of the Lamb. It's a pretty astounding thought. So in Numbers, uh, we'll be looking in just a moment. But I, I, I've put some verses here at the beginning to remind you about Moses. <clears throat> and I'll come back in days ahead to 1 Corinthians 10, 11. But for now, I'll give you the conclusion statement about what is said in 1 Corinthians 10 about the children of Israel with Moses in the wilderness and how they sinned against God. <clears throat> and in these various ways, these things happened to them, to the children of Israel, as an example, and they were written for our instruction upon whom the ends of the ages have come. So we study Moses as one of those men of faith, a servant of God, <clears throat> as an example to us who are believers. There's much we can learn from him. Now, I'd like for you, for your first uh, turning in your Bible, go now to the book of Acts. And let's look, you've got your mark there in Numbers 12, but I want to go to the book of Acts. 
<clears throat> excuse me for a moment here, clear my throat. And I want us to read what Stephen, the deacon, said about Moses. Now, he is speaking about Moses, and he's reminding uh, the heads of Israel, those who had crucified the Lord Jesus, the same leaders, about how Moses was rejected by the children of Israel, just like the Lord Jesus is rejected, was rejected and was crucified. I'm only, we'll just read this because Stephen gives a very good summary uh, of the life of Moses. So let's read this. So in case you may not be as familiar with Moses, this will be a way for you to get a quick understanding of the life of Moses. So we read, we'll pick up and read um, <clears throat> at verse number um, 18 until he, he's talking now about a transition in Pharaohs in Egypt. You know the children of Israel ended up in Egypt <clears throat> under Joseph's leadership. And then verse 18, until there arose another king over Egypt who knew nothing about Joseph. <clears throat> so there was a new Pharaoh. There was a new leader, a new king in Egypt who did not know Joseph nor favor Joseph nor honor the children of Israel. It was he who took shrewd advantage of our race and mistreated our fathers so that they would expose their infants and they would not survive. This word to expose means to, to kill them. It was at this time Moses was born. And he was lovely in the sight of God. And he was nurtured three months in his father's home. Some of you have your study Bibles. So as I'm reading through, you can see your note to the book of Exodus. <clears throat> we'll spend a lot of time in the days ahead in the book of Exodus, but you can just follow along. He's highlighting from the book of Exodus. And after he had been set, aside, set outside, can you imagine taking a little precious baby, putting him in a pitch basket? You moms who are here, can you imagine that? Can you imagine it? And pushing that little baby down the river. Well, we know from the book of Hebrews, the parents of Moses had faith in God when they shoved that little uh, basket into the river with pitch and tar all over it. What a story that is in and of itself. Well, after he had been set aside, Pharaoh's daughter took him away and nurtured him as her own son. <clears throat> 22, Moses was educated in all the learning of the Egyptians. That's a very important statement because the Egyptians were the dominant, most advanced of all the kingdoms of the day. And he was a man of power in words and deeds. 23, but when he was approaching the age of 40, it entered his mind to visit his brethren, the sons of Israel. He always knew that he was a Jew. And when he saw one of them being treated unjustly, he defended him and took vengeance for the oppressed by striking down the Egyptian. And he supposed that his brethren understood that God was granting them deliverance through him, but they did not understand. <clears throat> On the following day, he appeared to them as they were fighting together, two Jews fighting, and he tried to reconcile them in peace, saying, Men, your brethren, why do you injure one another? But the one who was injuring his neighbor pushed him away, saying, Who made you a ruler and judge over us? You do not mean to kill me as you killed the Egyptian yesterday, do you? 
At this remark, Moses fled and became an alien in the land of Midian, where he became the father of two sons. Now another natural transition in his life. After 40 years, now it means he's 80 years old. He's 80 years old. After 40 years had passed, an angel appeared to him in the wilderness of Mount Sinai in the flame of a burning thorn bush. When Moses saw it, he marveled at the sight, and as he approached to look more closely, there came the voice of the Lord. I am the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. Moses shook with fear and would not venture to look at the bush. But the Lord said to him, Take off the sandals from your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt, and I have heard their groans, and I have come down to rescue them. Come now, and I will send you to Egypt. Then Stephen says, This Moses, whom they disowned, saying, Who made you a ruler and a judge? is the one whom God sent to be both a ruler and a deliverer with the help of the angel who appeared to him in the thorn bush. This man led them out, performing wonders and signs in the land of Egypt and in the Red Sea and in the wilderness for 40 years. So he's 80 years old at his calling and then for 40 more years. Now he'll be in the wilderness until he dies on the mountain in the wilderness. This is The Moses who said to the sons of Israel, God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brethren. And we know the prophecy of that was the Lord Jesus Christ. But verse 38 is very important to us for what we'll be talking about. This is the one who was in the congregation in the wilderness together with the angel who was speaking to him on Mount Sinai and who was with our fathers. And he received, please notice, and you might note this in your Bible, living oracles to pass on to you. Moses is the man who heard the living oracles, life-giving words from God. Now, we're going to do a little word search for this for a moment. Now go to the book of Deuteronomy. In Deuteronomy, I want to point out four passages that describe these, the life-giving words of God given to Moses. We know from Paul that the law of God shows us our sinfulness. But the law of God also shows us the holiness of God. And the law of God demonstrates to us the way to live and have life. And so let's uh, remember that. Yes, it, it it is the ministry of death, as Paul calls it. Because when the law is read and we read the law of God and it says, You shall not, in the ten words, uh, we're convicted of our sin. Yes, it brings and points out our sinfulness, but these are words of life. I'll point this out to you here. Notice this, Deuteronomy 4.1. By the way, you do know Deuteronomy is one long sermon. Aren't you glad that I don't preach that long to you? One sermon. Deuteronomy is one sermon. It's funny to me, just a side note, Moses says early on to the Lord, uh, well, I don't know how to talk. Well, he actually knew how to talk really well when, when he was, when he was uh, obeying God. So here, now, O Israel, listen to the statutes and the judgments which I am teaching you to perform. Please notice, so that you may... Thank you, my brother. How did you know? So that you may live 
and go in and take possession of the land which the Lord, the God of your fathers, is giving you. Did you see it? Here's the stat, here are the statutes, the judgments. Listen to the statutes and judgments which I am teaching you to perform so that you may live. Then we read also in Deuteronomy 5.33. Let's just go over there, 5.33. Uh, you, shall, <clears throat> you shall walk in all the way which the Lord your God has commanded you, that you may live and that it may be well with you. What a great statement this is about obedience, isn't it? When you, when you walk in all the way which the Lord your God commands you. It's a way of describing obedience. We walk in the law of God. We walk in what God says we do it, that we may live and it be well with us. Then we read in Deuteronomy chapter 8, <clears throat> verse number 1. All the commandments that I am commanding you today, you shall be careful to do that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land which the Lord swore to give to your forefathers. Again, all the commandments that I am commanding you today, you shall be careful to do them that you may live. And finally, uh, toward the end of the sermon, uh, in Deuteronomy chapter 30, verses 15 and 16, here's the most famous of these about choosing life. You see, this is, I'm picking up now again from what Stephen said, Acts 7.38. He received living oracles to pass on to you, to the children of Israel. Living oracles, living words is literally what it says. Life-giving words. Uh, Deuteronomy 30.15. See, now, now he's concluding. Look, he says, pay attention. Israel, to my sermon, I have set before you today life and prosperity and death and adversity. See, there's the difference. If you obey the law of God, you live and you prosper. If you disobey the law of God, death and adversity comes, and my, is the world filled with that tonight. The wages of sin is death. In that, I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in His ways, to keep His commandments, His statutes, and His judgments, that you may live, again, here's the same phrase, and multiply, and that the Lord your God may bless you in the land where you are entering to possess it. Heavenly Father, bless now the reading of Your Word. May the Holy Spirit be our teacher tonight. In Jesus' name we pray, Amen. I, I won't uh, go there for the sake of time, but when... Uh, Paul starts in the book of Hebrews. We've studied the book of Hebrews together in, in detail in years gone by. But I remind you there because uh, Paul makes a comparison between Christ and Moses. Uh, in Hebrews chapter 3, 5, <clears throat> I don't have it on your outline. You might note it if you take notes and look at it later. Hebrews 3, 5, Moses was faithful in all his house as a servant. That's a very important phrase. Moses was faithful in all his house as a servant. We're going to see that in Numbers 12. <clears throat> for a testimony of those things which were spoken later. So, there is an outline that forms <clears throat> primarily in the book of Exodus that has to do with Moses meeting with God. It is such a privilege to be born again and to meet with God. I hope you've met with God today. I truly mean that. I hope you've met with God. 
Well, I have a busy schedule, Pastor Mike. <clears throat> I'm not like you, you know, you have all the time you have and you can do it whenever you, you, know, you have much more leisure. <clears throat> but I'm busy. Okay, we'll get up earlier. Meet God. If you have a special appointment with God, shouldn't it trump any of your other busy schedule? I know you're going to be tired tonight when you go home. <clears throat> so remember, the last thing you do tonight ought not to be listening to the television. God forbid, enough of that. Perhaps it should be an appointment with God. So there's an outline that forms as you look carefully at the book of Exodus. And I'll just highlight these and we're going to go back to them and look at them in some detail in the weeks ahead because I think there are some lessons for us in how to learn to draw near to God and in our own personal walk with God. Moses meets God and hears from Him alone in the desert at the burning bush, the famous statement of the burning bush. We'll look at that. Then Moses meets God at Mount Sinai alone <clears throat> to receive the ten words and the commandments and statutes. In, uh, primarily in Exodus 19.20, it's the ten words, the ten commandments. Uh, but then he also goes back alone to receive at Mount Sinai additional detailed instructions. And I put the word detailed in there because you will find the book of Exodus is detail, detail, detail. And so we have another time, and this is an extended period where Moses is away from the children of Israel for 40 days, and because of it there's great sin that comes among the children of Israel, and they go back to idolatry. Uh, Aaron's even caught up in it, most of us know that story of the golden calf. Moses meets God frequently also in the wilderness journeys in the tent of meeting. As Israel wanders in the wilderness, and we'll talk about that in some detail. I've spoken to you about that in the past years in Exodus 34, but I want to go to that again. And then Moses meets God in the tabernacle, the final tent of meeting. And this is some con there's some confusion about it. There was the tent of meeting that went with uh, the children of Israel. It was the tent of the congregation, sometimes it is called. But then you have the glorious, wonderful giving of the tabernacle, the place of worship for God's people. Uh, and that is uh, found in Numbers 789, and we'll look at that. So our focal truth tonight is this. Moses, the man of God, meets with God for four things. To know God. To know God. Uh, to see Him who is invisible. We're going to see Moses say, show me your glory. He's, he wants to know God. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, the greatest desire in your life is to know God. To know Him more, that I may know Him. We saw this in Paul in Philippians 3. That I may know Him and the power in the power of His resurrection, the fellowship of His sufferings being conformed to His death. Is that the, is that the desire of your soul, my brothers and sisters? Do you desire to know God, to see Him who is invisible? He, uh, Moses, the man of God, meets with God to hear God's will and purposes in the giving of the law and, of course, in all the commandments, statutes, and ordinances. <clears throat> we discover David picking this up in great detail and speaking about the law, the statutes, the words, the ordinances, all of these terms, all these various details of law that were given in words of life in Psalm 119. And there's some great detail about that. And each of these words, commandments, statutes, ordinances, words, way, <clears throat> there are ten various ways, <clears throat> there are ten kinds of 
uh, commands, directions, will, purposes given by God to Moses. And those 10 words are given in uh, Psalm 119. It's a fascinating parallel. That's not for our study now, but you should look at it sometime. You can go out and study with a lot of people and they'll give you that information. Thirdly, to fellowship with God. Moses, the man of God, met with God to, to know God, to hear from God, to know His will and purposes, to fellowship with God, and finally to intercede to God for the children of Israel in the wilderness. And he did that over and over and over again. Now we come to Numbers chapter 12. This is a sad chapter in, in, uh, in Numbers. In fact, I should begin by also uh, saying to you that the, the book of Numbers... Uh, begins in verse 1 of chapter 1, Then the Lord spoke to Moses in the wilderness of Sinai. That uh, phrase is used 80 times in the book of Numbers. 80 times. So I should say it again, just so you catch it. The Lord spoke to Moses in the wilderness of Sinai. I, I'm trying to get things in order for us, my dear beloved brothers and sisters. You see, going to God is not me having an audience to talk to God. Me meeting with God and drawing near is to let God talk to me. I hope you're listening to me. That's prayer. The Lord spoke to me. When I go to pray, when I draw near, God speaks first. I listen and then I answer in prayer. This is the order that we learn from Moses. I hope I can influence you in your prayer life. Too much talking at the beginning of praying. Very little listening in prayer. Too much talking. Have you ever had to tell your kids, be quiet and listen? Well, perhaps we learn that lesson. So now we come to this sad story of Sibling rivalry with Moses and his brother and sister. My, oh my. My, oh my. Even Moses had an issue with envy with his brother and sister about who was the most famous. Then Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses. Miriam was the sister of Moses and Aaron was his big brother. Uh, then Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses. And what did they speak against him? About who he married. Because of the Cushite woman whom he had married, for he had married a Cushite woman. When he had fled to Midian, he got married and he had two sons. Aliens, non-Jews. And they said, has the Lord indeed spoken only through Moses? Has he not, has he not spoken through us as well? Please notice the last phrase. And the Lord heard it. <laughs> you know, folks, God hears everything you say. You do know that, don't you? You do know that God hears everything you say. He also knows everything you think. Even right now, this moment. The Lord heard these words of jealousy and envy uh, of the brother and sister of Moses. And verse 3 is a, is a note to remind us of Moses' character. And the man Moses was very humble. 
more than any man who was on the face of the earth. This Hebrew word for humble can also be a word for meekness. It's, it's uh, debated as to how it's used and there's a lot behind this, but it is the idea of humility. Suddenly the Lord said to Moses and Aaron and to Miriam, you three come out to the tent of meeting. So the three of them came out. Then the Lord came down in a pillar of cloud and stood at the doorway of the tent. And he called Aaron and Miriam. When they both came forward, now God speaks. They're at, they've been called to the tent of meeting. Listen, God's speaking, not them. He said, hear now my words. If there is a prophet among you, I, Yahweh, I the Lord, shall my, make myself known to him in a vision. I shall speak with him in a dream. That's what I do. God said, this is the way I deal with my prophets. And we see numerous examples of this all through the Old Testament of prophets. Uh, God speaks to them and gives them the vision <clears throat> to speak or speaks to them in a dream. Not so, please notice, what is God's evaluation of Moses? Here you've got it. This is why I started here. Not so with my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my household. That's what Paul picks up in Hebrews 3. Please notice now the next phrase. With Moses, I speak mouth to mouth. That's the literal reading in Hebrew, but it is the idea of face to face. It means peer to peer. It means as confidant to confidant. We could say friend to friend, but it's actually more than that. With him I speak mouth to mouth. This is an astounding statement about Moses, the man of God. Even, <clears throat> I speak mouth to mouth, even openly. God didn't speak in dark sayings. He spoke openly, clearly, specifically to Moses. And we're going to see that in how in great detail God speaks openly to Moses. And Moses hears he obeys, and he also many times writes down, records what God says for him to, to do or what he wants him to say. He beholds, please notice, and he beholds the form of the Lord. So let's read again what the Lord says about Moses. I speak mouth to mouth. With him I speak mouth to mouth, even openly and not in dark sayings. And he beholds the form of the Lord. He sees God. He sees God. Then he asked the question of the brother and sister, Why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant, against Moses? The point God is making with Miriam and Aaron is, Do you not know that this is my chosen servant? Not you two, this one. I've chosen him for this work. I speak to him in a way that I don't speak to anyone else. <clears throat> And not until the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, who was begotten of God, who is God of God, who is sent to this world, who speaks the words of God. I spent months with you uh, as a church looking at all of those truths that last. And I just gave you a sample of some of the truly, truly's of the Lord Jesus. His words lead to eternal life. The eternal words of God come from the Lord Jesus Christ. And the eternal words of the Old Testament were given to Moses 
face to face as he met with God alone. And I also want to mention to you, when Moses, the man of God, met with God, listen to me, we learn about the hidden life of prayer from Moses, this man of God. I'm not talking about our public life of prayer. I prayed publicly tonight. The question is, what is the condition of your hidden life of prayer? No one knows whether you pray or not beyond uh, someone seeing you pray. Do you have a hidden prayer life? All of this glorious, amazing, all this, Moses alone spoke with God mouth to mouth. Saw the glory of God. Understood things beyond imagination. And went back to a hard-hearted people who had a lot of wickedness and bondage from slavery in Egypt for generations in them. Well, God speaks with Moses in the tent of meeting and gives him additional instructions and procedures for the people of Israel. And Numbers 1 through 11 is a combination of what God said to him in the tent of meeting and also on Mount Sinai. I've just listed it here for you. I'm not going to have you turn and go through all of this. Don't panic. But just look at the details. The census of the warriors the actual arrangement of how the camp as they sojourn in the wilderness, what tribes are supposed to be located where, what order. I'm reminded of this as I get into the the, the law and we get into the intricacies of it and the detail of it and how specific the law of God is. uh, I'm I'm always uh, uh, thinking about this, you know, the idea that uh, this uh, fellow, this Puritan, the Puritans were known for being a little bit uh, strange. They were very detailed in their commitment to walk with God. They, they, were, they were detailed men of God. And uh, this fellow was carrying this preacher, this Puritan preacher, in his uh, carriage in England. And he said, you Puritans are so detailed. Why are you so detailed? Why are you so specific? He said, because my God is detailed. And my God is specific. Well, we learn about this detail. Even the arrangement of how the camp... He didn't just say, okay, get your tents, move along, and set up wherever you want. No, there was order to how they were arranged their camp in the wilderness. The Levites were to, be, were to be called out to be the priests and their duties as priests in Numbers 3. Uh, they number the firstborn and they give, the, uh, give what is to be done with firstborn in dedication Then you have all the duties of the various families related to taking care of the tabernacle. Uh, You have uh, uh, the first group that gives care to the holy things in the tabernacle. You have the second group who have the the details of carrying the curtains in the tabernacle. All this had to be moved every time they moved. For 38 years they had no home. They roamed in the wilderness because of unbelief. God stayed with them, but judged them severely in their unbelief. They had to carry all of their stuff around. They were sojourners and aliens and strangers. The duties of the work of carrying the boards and the pillars and the pegs and the cords, all the detail. How are you going to move all of this? Well, here are the ones who have the assignment to do it. The laws dealing with defilement begin in uh, Numbers 5. And it'd be interesting for you to read that the laws of the Nazarite vows of men and women who take Vows to God, number six, dedication of the tabernacle 
is a great event in number seven. We'll spend some time there. The lighting of the seven lamps and the cleansing of the Levites is the priests as they go to do their work is in numbers eight. Passover is instituted in numbers nine, which is hugely important. The glory of God in the cloud over the tabernacle and the leading of the children of Israel in numbers nine. It continued all through their 38 years in the wilderness or 40 years. The making of the silver trumpets, they, they had the trumpets that blew to call Israel together. For the moving of the camp, we see many parallels. We see many types in these things that point to things in the New Testament. There will one day be a trumpet sound. Oh, it will be a trumpet sound like none other. It will be, it will be glorious. It will be a glorious time when the final trumpet sounds and the dead in Christ are raised and we too are caught up who are alive together to be with the Lord. Israel leaves Sinai and Israel and Moses both complain to God and then lo and behold God gives them lots of birds to eat to the point that some of them die and are judged. Then Moses' brother and sister speak against Moses as we've just read. And then God speaks in support of Moses, as we've just read. And then God asks uh, Miriam and Aram why they did not have respect for Moses and his relationship with God. Well, that's what we've looked at. The only other thing I want to mention from Numbers 12 and verse 3 is this word for humility. He was the, he was, it's quite a statement. Now, the man Moses was very humble, more than any man who was on the face of the earth. Moses had spent his life ministering to the children of Israel, listening to God, obeying God, except for his final in anger striking of the rock, which disqualified him from entering the promised land. It reminds us of the importance of obeying God, doesn't it? And there are some things I want us to remember in our final moments tonight, and this is a general introduction. We were just looking at some specifics. I primarily wanted you to see in Numbers 12 what God said, what was God's appraisal of Moses, so that you can have respect for him and recognize who he is. We'll look also later at Hebrews 11 and what uh, Paul has to say about uh, Moses in, the, in his faith commitment. Well, God spoke in times past to Moses, but now He has spoken to us through the Lord Jesus Christ. I read to you Hebrews 1.1. God, after He spoke long ago to the fathers and the prophets, in many portions and in many ways in these last days, has spoken to us in His Son, whom He appointed heir of all things, through whom also He made the world. The most important words are the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. However, these are eternal words that Moses was given by God, and they're important for us to know and understand, even as believers in Christ. Moses drew near to God and listened. This is my emphasis earlier. We must draw near to God in prayer and listen to His Word to us. And praise God. You don't have to wait for a vision. You don't have to wait for a dream. You know what? You go to your hidden place of prayer with the Word of God. And you learn to take this Word of God and open it. And you learn how to receive the Word of God as it's spoken to you so that you know how to answer in prayer. How do I know how to pray if I do not hear first from God? If I pray the other way, it's just a bunch of selfish talk. No, I must guide my praying and understand that I'm to pray in the will of God. 
And if I don't understand the Word of God, I can't pray in the will of God. Nothing brings greater humility than time with God in prayer, hearing what He will say to us. God's Word to us always precedes our words to Him in prayer. And Moses teaches us that prayer is hearing God's words first and then answering in prayer. So then I come to these wonderful words in James and Hebrews just as we conclude. Draw near to God. Did you know that this phrase, draw near, is the word for prayer? It's, it's a Greek word made up of two words, pros erkamai. Pros erkamai. Pros means toward. It's a compound word, pros erkamai. Pros means toward someone. It means coming to someone. That's what prayer is. It is by faith going to a place, as the Lord Jesus said to us, when you pray, when you proserchomai, go to your closet, shut the door, hidden life of prayer, and pray to your Father in secret. Proserchomai to your Father in secret. That's what we do. We draw near. We draw near. We don't go to a special building to do it. We don't go to a, a special holy shrine to do it. We draw near to God by faith in our own secret place. Do you have one? Do you have one? You need one. You must have one. Draw near to God, James says. He will proserchomai. He will come to you. This is the amazing thing we learned from Moses. God calls him to come. He comes and they meet. And Moses hears from God. Well, we have all of this string of verses in Hebrews. Draw near with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith. Hebrews uh, 10, 22. So I could just say it this way. Pray with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith. Draw near or pray with confidence to the throne of grace so that you may receive mercy and find help in time of need. Pray, draw near to God because we hope in God. We draw near to the one we hope in, that we trust, that we believe in. We draw near with confidence to the throne of grace and then draw near to God because He saves forever those who draw near to Him through faith in Jesus Christ. And also we draw near because the Lord Jesus is interceding for us all the days of our life. Yes, even into eternity, He stands as our intercessor, our mediator between God and man. Not so with my servant Moses, the Lord said to Miriam and Aaron. He is faithful in all my household. With him I speak mouth to mouth, even openly and not in dark sayings, and he beholds the form of the Lord. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can draw near to you informed by the Word of God, and we thank you for the life of Moses, this man of God. We, we live in history so far from his days on the earth. So far, so far away, in such a different time and a different culture. And yet he, as a man of God, as a servant of yours, teaches us the importance of learning how to listen to you 
and how to obey you and how to carry out work and pray and speak with you so that we might glorify you in all of our ways. Lord, help us in the days ahead as we look at these things together. Uh, Instruct our hearts. May we tonight look forward to our time of finishing the day by drawing near to you. What a gracious, wonderful thing it is that you will draw near to us when we draw near to you. And we thank you for that privilege. We only can draw near because of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ and because of reconciliation and because you have made a way, Lord Jesus, for us to the throne of grace, to the very presence of God. And we come in the name of Jesus. And we thank you for the peace and joy that comes, the real life that comes as we hide ourselves away and speak with you day by day. Bless our time now as we go. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, God bless you. Great to see all of you tonight. Say hello to someone on your way out. All of you who joined us tonight, God bless you. As I always say, we love you. We miss you. We wish you were here. Come when you feel comfortable. God bless you. Have a great evening. And we'll see you Sunday as we continue to talk about as for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. Blessings to you. Say hello to someone on your way out.